0: <laughs> Ooh, <that is> mellow. <laughs> One of these days we'll have an intro to our podcast.
1: <laughs> Teddy asked me if I was going to die on the way over here. Oh my god! So I was. How like, did you respond to that?
0: Well, I'm so
1: bad because I. Because he's my second and I've already done the heavy emotional, we're all going to die thing with Isla yeah. and we're through it and she's comfy with it. Well, she's not comfy. with <laughs> I was
0: going to say, <laughs> she's a- six and she's like, I've made peace with the fact that our days on this earth are numbered. We've all faced our mortality. No, but she's like, you know,
1: through the absolute first devastation of we're all not permanent. Yeah. I was just buckling him into the car on the way to daycare this morning and he goes, Mummy, are you going to die
0: or something? And I was like, yeah, we're all going to die. All right, let's go. (laughs) And like slam the door. Oh, my God, that is a heavy conversation at 7 a.m. And he goes, what? And then it sort of hit me
1: that I wasn't giving it the appropriate weight. And I said, oh, no, not until I'm a very old lady. And he said, I don't want you to be an old lady. I want you to stay a mummy oh I know did you explain that you will just, always be his mummy I did and I just kissed his face a lot and he was like getting that crumply face where he was gonna start crying and now I just want to pick him up from daycare now and <laughs> take him home God, anyway. that is so heavy and he was well he was fine you know it's just yeah. the start of it all like asking questions
0: is it such a, wouldn't it be kind of an abstract concept well, for it's a still three-year-old still an abstract it's still an abstract concept for me <laughs> Really? Yeah, like, like we all know we're going to die, but we don't ever go, yeah, I'm cool with my mortality, ever. Is anyone? I guess not. I mean, I guess I, I would like to live a long life. Okay, aven- well, this is getting too
1: <laughs> dirty for a second week of 2021. I, know. We, I can't, know. we can't do a Hamlet episode. All right. How are you? I
0: confess that I'm feeling quite cranky today. Why? I have been a Snapdragon oh. all week. The reason is because I'm weaning Iggy. Actually, I'm going to share this on here because I feel like I wish someone mentioned that this could be a maybe, possibly might happen to you scenario. When I weaned... So she was six months old. She actually self-weaned. She fully rejected my boob. She was like, see ya, never. Titties. And I went through this really abrupt hormonal shift because I went from feeding to cold turkey not feeding. Wow, yeah. And I went loopy. Yeah, I remember. For two weeks. Like this emotional turmoil that was going on in my head and I didn't know what it was and my period wasn't due and I was like, what is wrong with me? And then I I learned... That it is the hormonal shifts that come with your body not producing milk anymore. So with Iggy, I'm fully aware of it. And I briefed my hubs. <laughs> I said, babe, 1st of January, I'm going to wean Iggy. I'm going away on a riding trip at the end of January for three nights without children. So I was like, I've got to wean him by then. But I thought, 1st of Jan, I'm going to do it. Yeah. So I went to turkey again. I don't know any other way to do it. except. Yeah, I don't like, know. No, I don't either. But I've felt like a real asshole. <laughs> are your boobs all right? My boobs are okay. Are they I had heavy? A, they were but now they're starting to oh, go great. oh we're not doing this thing anymore. Right. I did some expressing right. in the shower nice rather swim. than making Iggy latch to mm-hmm. drain my boob. I did some expressing which helped but yes yeah, so I'm feeling a bit emotion oh, this week funny. and I feel sorry for hubs because he has definitely been at the receiving end of all my snapdragon-ness. <laughs> You're a bit crunchy.
1: I am crunchy. I have a friend who, when it's shark week, when she's about to get a period, she tells her husband, she goes, okay, anything you do today is not going to be okay. Just so you know. And yep. just like tells him up front. And he's like, yep, I already had it in my calendar. They have this really good agreement. That's like, don't take anything personally. This one day. I would never get away with that.
0: Oh, really? No, Hubs and I are the same. I straight up go, babe, I'm really sorry. It's about to be shark week for me. And he always loves to throw in a, oh, and I go, don't say it. (laughs) It's my dog and I'll kick it. (laughs) Like you are not allowed to mention my period or my emotional trajectory while I'm on my period. Only I'm allowed to, but just know that I'm going to be shitty this week and I'm sorry. <laughs> and yes, yeah. like, slowly back away. <laughs> yes, yes, exactly. <laughs> oh, babe. Okay, well, we'll
1: see how long it takes then. So it was two weeks last time.
0: It was two weeks last time to the day. I know that sounds very specific and weird, but it was. And I'm hoping the same this time around. Well, at least you didn't get mastitis or anything. That's good. No, I didn't. So, Rebsy. What don't you have time for this week? Oh, we didn't do a hello and welcome. Oh, hello and welcome to We Don't Have Time For This. I'm your host, Gemma Peanut, along with my co-host. Wait, but Gemma, but I What have I changed it? I... I get comfort in the things that we do the same every week (laughs) Okay, let me try that again I'm Gemma Pranita, a.k.a. Gemma Pina on the gram And here's my co-host, Kate! Or Revzy, as everyone's calling me I know so funny Well, hashtag Kate the Great is still a thing And quickly, I had a lovely dear listener say Hey Gem, just so you know, I'm team hashtag Gem Schmem Yeah, I saw that and I wasn't here for it (laughs) What's happening?
1: Guys, come out in droves. What are you doing? I feel there's been a swing to Team Jem. Jem Schmem. Whatever. Weirdly, I've found it endearing and call, now I'm on board with Jem Schmem. Call it what you want. I'm not okay with it. Guys, you came out for me when we started this thing. I was the underdog. Maybe I'm just getting too, too great, fi- too fierce. <laughs> I'm getting too big for my boots. Hashtag Kate too great. And everyone's like, Ah, we've got to rally around the new underdog, which Yay!
0: is Gem. Yay, <laughs> Oh, team Kate. team Kate. I don't even know what we're on teams about. I know. We are unified. <laughs> There's no need for separation or competition. But, but Team Kate, Jim <laughs> You know what I don't have time for this week? What don't you have time for? I do not have time for my inability to commit to exercise. Because it's 2021 and it's been playing on my mind. I can't deny it. Look, I can sit here and be like, I am not about resolutions. But there's a natural lean in towards it. Because of the Christmas gluttony, I have felt like I've just been eating myself into a coma every single day since pretty much the 1st of December when I open my advent calendar and it's just it hasn't stopped <laughs> the train just continues and I want to get off it and that means having a conversation with myself about changing my eating and fitness habits yeah I know I know I know and we- look Dear listeners, we're not going to sit here and preach about exercise. Like if anything, no Rebs and I are the opposites. <laughs> but I think it does beg a conversation about how we're going to broach this. Because for me, I have worked out that if I label it as I'm going to do this, it's doomed to fall apart and I never commit. So I haven't done that this year. I've just said, Gem, you know, you need to start eating vegetables and you also know you need to start moving your body. Look, lockdown didn't help so I'm just letting it be a voice in the distant shelves in the back room of my brain as opposed to like making it a thing a voice in the distant shelves of the back room of your brain
1: (laughs) which is different from going I'm going to exercise how?
0: (laughs) It's just there. I've, I've acknowledged the thought and I've parked it. Okay. Whereas if I acknowledge it and make it, you know, you know what I'm yeah, trying yeah, to say? Yeah, like if, if I you say, I'm going to do it
1: every day. Yeah. And I yeah. myself
0: up and I'm yeah. like, here's my fitness routine and here's my healthy eating plan. And then yeah. I just, then pressure, 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 and it explodes. But you know,
1: there's psychology around that stuff. The minute you tell yourself you can't have something or that you have to do something, everything in you will rebel.
0: That makes sense. Yeah. I
1: am that. That is the problem with diet culture. And Fitzbo and all that stuff. That is the problem with it. Obviously, it works for some people, but it can be a deep, dark trigger for some people. Well, I
0: know that this topic is very triggering for you, especially. And I think our dear listeners would find it particularly interesting to hear your relationship with food because my shift of relationship towards food and exercise has come much later. Having kids was the marker for me of like, oh, shit's not gonna be the same. You kind of always had
1: one figure. From puberty to f- your first pregnancy. Yeah,
0: I would say that I'm fairly consistent. I probably shift up and down within five kilos, okay. which is nothing. That's nothing. Yeah. yeah. And was that something you had to work on or you naturally
1: just sort of stayed pretty consistent? Like you've got a obviously a naturally slim figure and fast metabolism and
0: yeah it's weird it's so it's so hard for me to be like yeah I'm naturally slim but, but I'm also we need,
1: actually really need to yeah because that's part
0: of the conversation
1: is like how different bodies work yeah, differently yeah because it's not it's not a it's not a brag it's no, like saying I have brown eyes you know I have I have brown eyes and I have a fast metabolism it's not that's part of the problem is there's like status and shame I know and, and I morality don't... put on these things. There's no morality to having a, you're not a better person. If you've got a fast metabolism or no. a slow metabolism, it's just is what it
0: is. It's hard because I am deep in the culture of thin is better. Yeah. They and are. I, and I've definitely fallen victim to that in my teens. I've, I've dabbled in eating disorders for sure and have gotten frightfully skinny. Like I know I said, mm. generally I shift within a five kilo range, but I have had those dark chapters where I was young, impressionable, and someone dangled a carrot in front of me. If you look like this, then you can achieve X. Literally um, someone said that to you. Yeah. I know. Yeah. I That's a story. That is a story for another time. <laughs> um, but I would say that for the majority of my life, I haven't had to work particularly hard to maintain a consistent weight yeah let's say that yeah and it hasn't consumed you in my early teens and early 20s my weight was on the forefront of my mind a little bit but then from 24 onwards until I got pregnant I didn't really think about it at what all. about when you went to LA I mean I did a general shift of yeah I should probably eat well so I feel good in clothes but I did that and then I felt fine. You know what I mean? Like it was a very simple challenge. It was never a challenge, but now it feels like a challenge. So to flip the conversation to you, because I know, I know, I know. I can see you like breaking out in mouth ulcers while we're talking about this. But Revzy, let's go back to when your fight with food began. Oh my God. Okay. All right. Well, I
1: first feel like I need to say I have, in the last two years have tried to work on this really hard. Work on what? Work on my relationship with this topic.
0: Okay. Okay.
1: Um, and I have, have found lots of resources for this and it's not mainstream yet, but there is a lot of discussion around this topic now coming up and you can find really great people to listen to and follow and... There's lots of people who will also sell you ways out of this stuff. But so anyway, so I'm, I'm in it. I'm interested in it. I'm starting to get language around it, but I'm by no means all over it. I feel like I need to say that straight up. Okay. Because it's a really emotional, tricky topic for some people. For some people, it's quite flippant. Like you'll hear people go, oh, I put on so much weight. I need to like diet starts tomorrow. You know, that kind of like, it's, it's casual. Yeah. And for some people it's like. A deep self-loathing situation
0: mm, mm. um where to start dear listeners i know you can't see revzy but they're <laughs> so uncomfortable she's so uncomfortable there's such a heaviness to her because i know that this no. its hard for you why don't you take us back okay well i went on my first diet when i was 10 years old that just blows my mind now i know that about you but it's still when i hear you say yeah. that out loud it's frightening because we've got daughters yeah. and i know sons as well yeah but little girls especially i look at a 10 year old and i'm like how could you possibly go on your first diet at age 10
1: so i was an early developer so mm-hmm. i went through puberty early so was getting boobs by 10 wow i got my period when i was 11
0: oh that's just so 11. early yeah
1: so i was so i went through those changes that you went through at 16 yeah at, but at 10 so i was a baby a little baby and i guess the resources around me in the Mid 90s, early 90s, were well. If you don't like how you look, you change it. You're in control of it, right? It sounds so. It almost doesn't have meaning anymore to say in the media, but it's true. Like that. You know, I was reading Dolly magazine, or even if I wasn't really reading them, it's around you on TV. I was watching soap operas, and it's it's a discussion. It's a topic. Mm. You hear your mums talking. You know, the mums talking amongst themselves, or directly to you, or about themselves and how they want to change their shape or whatever. So you pick this stuff up. So I decided to go on a diet. I had no, like, I didn't really know what I was doing. I was just kind of like arbitrarily stopped eating certain things and would restrict things. And because I was 10, it works, right? It works straight away. I remember the first morning I woke up and lifted up my jammies and my tummy was flatter.
0: At 10?
1: Well, from one day of whatever I restricted. I can't even remember what I did food-wise, but I remember restricting myself.
0: Oh my God, that breaks my heart. I want to go give 10-year-old Rebsy a cuddle because it's like You
1: and my therapist both want me to do that.
0: (laughs) Um, So
1: yeah, so I would like remember lifting my jammies and go, oh, my tummy's flat up. Oh my god! I I'm in control of this, and it was like this wildly exciting, energizing feeling yeah.
0: to be like I I actually can do stuff about this. Because so and it's so easy to become outcome driven. Yeah, when you see those results, those hard results, well, and that's the language that is still
1: used in very mainstream things like results before and afters, those kind of things. Like that is like a we have collectively as a community okayed that to be like. I have made a change and everyone will congratulate you about it, Mm. right? So that's how it started. I can't tell you how it really evolved. All I know is that by the time I was in high school, if I heard about some weird diet that was quick, I was like, I'll try that.
0: I remember you were the diet queen. Like all through high school, you were always starting something, whether it was like a juice cleanse or a Atkins diet or a cabbage soup diet or whatever fits in a straw diet yeah the 10 day fish cleanse (laughs) (laughs) like that weird
1: cane pepper lemon juice thing that Beyonce did did that that. did all of them and then I tried you know I tried the things like oh just don't eat dinner just don't eat lunch just have two meals oh no have six small meals like Mm. I cannot tell you if it's out there I have done it and the thing is you know like everyone knows diets don't work right diets don't work end of discussion And you're like, cool. So now I'm 17. I've been on a range of different diets for seven years. And I'm stuck now because now I'm in a cycle. I'm either dieting or I'm completely binging, going off the rails. Because that's the thing when you restrict something, when you let yourself free, you can't find, there's no happy medium place. And you hear other language from people that's like, Oh, everything in moderation. Everything's got to be a balance. That is impossible to tell someone who was suckered in by diet culture young to just listen to their body or just find a happy place. We can't. We don't know what it feels like. Mm. You have to have had a good foundation of time in your life where you know what that feels like Mm. to be able to come back to that. I I literally couldn't tell you a time when I knew that.
0: Mm. So
1: to find, just listen to your body, That's what I'm working on. That's been my like last two years work.
0: And does that, does that get muddled in with the whole, it has to be a lifestyle change? Cause I know, I know that the language at the moment is there's no such thing as diets anymore. It's all about making a lifestyle shift. And that's what I struggle with because making a lifestyle shift still means that mental G up to starting something new and when it's exercise and food related again I feel all those crampy suffocating feelings of like oh I'm gonna have to do things I don't enjoy which is cutting out things that I like and forcing myself to do exercise which I don't enjoy and people have said to me like you need to find exercise that you love and I am the queen of the three-month commitment nine-month discommitment i don't know if that's a word no but (laughs) i like it you know what i'm coining it discommitment (laughs) but basically i go hard into something i've done this so many times signed up to gyms all over sydney signed up to extend bar or pilates or whatever and i do i have this three month lifespan of exercise where i go hard and when i go hard i'm talking three to five classes a week which to some people is like what That's, that's just normal for me but for me that is huge mm. cuz i do no exercise on my off season. Yeah. <laughs> I love how it's seasonal. And i always tell myself when i'm in the throes of the addiction of it to go, no, i'm it's going to be different this time. I'm going to stick with it. And then all it takes is for me to get a cold. Yeah. Or a particularly bad period. Yeah. And then i go, i'm not going to go this week. And then i'm off. I've fallen off the bandwagon. Yeah. And then fast forward 9 months. Yeah. And then I just punish myself for not being able to see it through. Yeah. I find
1: I sort of separate exercise and food, although they're not completely separate because it's all about, I guess, your health. Mm. And even that is tricky because you can't look at someone and know if they're healthy. You can't, you absolutely can't. I think we know this now. You can't look at someone and go, Oh, they're skinny. So they're healthy or they're fat. So they're unhealthy.
0: Oh, I used to follow people on Instagram who are health and wellness advocates whatever that means who are frighteningly thin and while they preach a really healthy in inverted commas life whatever that means toxic free life yeah I, I feel like they actually look quite unwell but again that's just me observing and i'm part of the problem yeah this is part of that deep psychology of like we're all part of the problem we all
1: need to well you can't we can't collectively untangle ourselves from anything you can only work on your own your own education and wokeness around this topic and i'm that annoying person that i guard conversations around my daughter like a fierce lioness don't i you do like like, i've anyone starts to talk about food diets putting on weight, losing weight. And I'm like, "Ah, ah, ah." (laughs) just cutting everyone off, taking her out of the room. That's the, I am so, if it's all, if all I can get her is 10 years of not having to think or be aware of this. I know I can't protect her forever. I know she lives in the world and there's a culture and there's, and these things are going to make their way in to her life. But if I can just get her that foundation where she doesn't think about it for Mm. as long as possible, then I feel like, and my son too, I'm very aware of that. Boys don't take this on as much. Their bodies aren't the same. They don't go no, through the same No, they're things. totally
0: different. And as, a, and as a friend who lives in the orbit of your life and your family, you've shut me down. Yeah. Me talking about something food-related or something related in front of Isla and you've straight... And I've fully respected that. And if anything, I've taken a lesson from it because I also don't want rougher to hear that kind of language well it's the casual stuff that gets in yes
1: totally they don't kids don't sit down and listen to a ted talk about <laughs> whatever you want to tell teach them they take on those little casual things that you throw away about yourself yeah and like this the dress
0: doesn't fit me I oh need to... i look
1: fat in this or no yeah. i can't, i'm you know whatever i feel gross i feel fat that's not even a thing you can't feel fat well you have fat no you can't you have eyelashes you can't feel eyelashes I know, I can see you're struggling with that idea. Well, you're like, no, I know the feeling of feeling fat. Yeah. But you, you actually, that's not a feeling, it's a thing. Like you have eyelashes, you have toenails. You don't wake up one morning and go, I feel toenails today. True. You just, fat is just a thing. What you really mean when I feel fat is like, oh, I feel sluggish, ugly, I feel worthless, I feel. Oh
0: my God. No,
1: that's what that means.
0: It's true. Yeah. Aww.
1: It's like, oh, I haven't been. I haven't been manipulating my shape enough lately to be smaller. That's the feeling.
0: But after I ate Christmas lunch, I lay on the couch like a slug and felt fat.
1: (laughs) Sure, you felt full. Yes, I did. I felt full. You might have had too much sugar that it didn't feel good.
0: I'm realising more and more what's great about our generation as becoming more woke parents is that we are more conscientious about language. And I think that's really important and wonderful. Like, I, I, I mean, this can bleed into so many topics totally. and how to use language, especially around young girls. But yes, yes continue. But anyway, I'm, I'm like, it's so
1: tricky because I've kind of removed exercise because I was like, okay, I've got so much, so many issues with food. I'm just going to focus on those and I'll just remove exercise because I don't know about exercise that isn't trying to slim down or burn calories or earn a meal like that's another really intense bit of language we have in this culture is like oh I've earned it because I went for a run or I went for a walk so I've earned this meal you're allowed to eat like you have to eat where you have permission to eat
0: yeah
1: anyway it's this huge topic but I'm I have arrived at a place where I'm like I really want to exercise actually it's not cute anymore to be like I don't exercise like I really need to move my body I'm in my mid-30s I need to have that Feeling of ex- that exercise gives you of endorphins and health and fresh air and time to myself and all the things that is good about exercise. So I'm trying to sort of fall back in love with exercise. At the it's moment. true. The
0: endorphins thing gets me. Yeah. Like when I go for an ocean swim oh, or nothing better. Or when I go for it, even just a walk. Like yeah. walking is my meditation. I yeah. actually really enjoy it. I chuck in a podcast. I can walk for an hour and a half yeah. and I don't even think about it. And I always feel so good about it. So and I it's guess- free. It's free to go
1: for a walk and it's, you're not going to punish yourself if you miss a walk because it's not like this intense thing where you're setting up these expectations for yourself. You can just go for a walk and enjoy it. So I'm trying to do that thing where you combine exercise with something you really like to make it. I'm trying to sort of retrain my brain, like call a girlfriend when I'm on a walk or put in a podcast or listen to music or something that I wouldn't do if I was just at home
0: yeah for me it's that incidental exercise thing where i don't feel like i'm actively going out to do fitness per se it's more like oh i'm just gonna go for a walk because i love seeing the sunrise which is way more healthy 100 percent. so
1: healthy to be like oh i want to be out in nature or i want to feel fresh air or i want to get some headspace that is so much more healthy than i need to train my size down I know there are a lot of people who will be saying but food does that for me you know I feel better on eating certain foods or I, I watch my weight because I feel better when I stay the same size or for me my mental health I need to fit in all that I just it's just so important I think to acknowledge the complicated relationship we have collectively it's not ever a individual attack on anyone no no we're
0: not here to shit on people who have got that side of their life together and it comes naturally to them and and they love going to the gym like if anything to me you are hashtag goals I mean I know where I falter in life what no? no no no
1: no I think it's really important like See how it all like weaves in and out. I know it does. And and you're like, that's my goal to be like that. We are 35. We are who we are. This is who we're going to (laughs) be. Totally no this is who we are like we're not suddenly gonna wake up and love the gym no I've accepted that
0: I just don't like sweating and I don't like puffing (laughs) I don't like getting red face I don't like my heart rate going up (laughs) you're describing exercise (laughs) that's my problem but I need I don't like my heart rate going up I don't like exerting myself at all which is why I love walking because it's it's andante, you know, but it's think, steady. But I think it's important to have
1: these messy conversations and go, mm, is that right? Is that right? Because I, I, don't, I don't know. I don't have the answers. And I, there's no one who like does it right all the time. And everything but, is going to trigger a different thing in different people's relationships with this topic.
0: And I will admit Instagram triggers me in this particular subject matter, very specifically. And I think it's the visual results and the visual declarations online. And I really struggle with it. I am not someone on Instagram who you won't frequently see me in a swimming costume. You won't ever see me. And it's a, Okay, it's so tricky and complicated and I'm so glad you labeled this as messy because yeah, it is messy and messy. I'm sure I'm going to contradict myself like yep. 20 million times yep. just in this episode alone. And we're not going to ever get this right. No, we're not. And I'm I'm going to be kind to myself and not judge myself yep. for what I say today because I'm going to flip-flop all over the place. But there's that part of me that's like love our bodies, this body love, self-love juggernaut that's been going on social media I'm here for. But if I'm really honest with myself, the whole like love your stretch marks, love your postpartum body, I I have really struggled with. If I'm honest, like I, I got stretch marks with Rafa, I got even worse stretch marks with Iggy and then I see these empowered mothers on Instagram who I really look up to. Who sit there and bear it all and are like, this is what gave me my children. And I'm so grateful for these marks on my body because I'm blessed with this. I can't see it that way. Mm. I can still feel grateful to be a Mm mum and love my children like crazy. But I look at the stretch marks on my body and I just fucking hate them. And I think that's okay too. Like I feel like there's so much pressure to love those parts of your body because that's the movement that's happening. But again, I feel I'm complicated in my own brain right now. Like my brain could do an actual fart because I don't know how, I don't know what's the right thing to say or how I should or shouldn't feel about it. But all I know is that I'm not comfortable with my body postpartum. Yeah. Well, I guess you just own,
1: I'm not there yet. I'm not there yet. Like she's there. She's happy to bear all and love her stretch marks. You're not there yet. And you may never be there and it's all okay. Okay but I think it's important to acknowledge the reason you're not okay with it is because you are victims of very heavy work, but you are a result of a culture. Yes. And you hate that, but this is the problem with diet culture and before and after culture and performative vulnerability, performative vulnerability. No, performative. See, I have a problem with very thin people online saying, look, I've got roles too. And showing their roles. Oh, can we Or just... like, look, this is me posing and this is me not posing. And even short, sure, their their posture's not as good and they might have one roll on their tummy, but they're still thin. And for me I'm like, you're still thin. Like you can still stand up straight and that roll is gone. A lot of people can't manipulate their body into a pose that looks thin so well, for me it's, it's a type like, of privilege to I, be that thin.
0: I agree on the privilege front and I think for me I am naturally slender yes I'm not at my best for my version of what that is problematic continue again this whole <laughs> podcast episode is problematic I think we've agreed to that but I don't feel a need to do those kinds of You know know what I mean? Like I could sit there and show how I pose for the camera. And again, I am accustomed to being in front of the camera for most of my life. So I have learnt angles. It's like, I'll admit that. I know how to hold my body a certain way. I know good flattering lighting, but I don't feel a need to get on social media and be like, so this is the real me. And this Mm. is how I put... And and, and the thing is, is I agree with you. I, I do think being naturally slender is a privilege yeah, and i've got to say if you got on instagram and started doing that i'd i'd be triggered i if would. i started if you doing did that, it
1: of yeah course not, but i'd you... be like i'd i would probably deep down be like Nah, no, fuck you you know yeah. you actually don't know what it's like to be super fat or have that self-loathing like i hate that on instagram i know I hate and that it's online. and it's
0: trending because it's, it's, it's like totally because trending. it's because the new status to be like i don't care but no, it's, just, it's not the new status to be like, I don't care. It's the new status of, I'm just like you guys. I have cellulite yeah, too. Yeah, But, but it's, it's so curated and controlled. But that's my thing. It For me, it feels like performative vulnerability. Mm. It's like, look how raw and real I'm being. Look at the dimples on my butt. But then the average person would go, fuck, I would kill for my butt to look like that on my best day. Mm. Whereas you're sitting here going, yeah. this is just, I'm just like... I, I I know I know it's so tricky it's a minefield of a, of a
1: topic because everyone's relationship with this stuff is so different I guess the thing that we have to try and strive to arrive at is like none of it fucking matters I know it doesn't matter and that's where I got to I hit breaking point two years ago when I was it consumed my every waking thought and I couldn't be present with my kids and play on the beach because all I could think was, you don't deserve to be in a swimming costume. You don't deserve to be out here mm. bearing this body that is disgusting. And it is that, like, a deep self-loathing that comes with these feelings.
0: Oh, my God. I want to cry Is that you feel this way, Rev. Oh, my God. Oh, and I, I feel but heartbroken. But it's normalized
1: because you're told to hate that. I know. You're not supposed I... to be okay with being 5'10", 15 kilos of weight how many times have you heard someone that you love that you respect who is totally woke and wonderful in every way say I gained 20 kilos when I was pregnant
0: well you've heard me say that
1: we all everyone has said it and it's like don't tell anyone it's so shameful and it's like you were growing a fucking human being Mm. there's so many layers to these things but it's the shame that is covered in gaining weight as if it is morally wrong to be fat. It's not morally wrong to be bigger size or to not be a perfect size 10 or whatever your perfect is or whatever you think you need to be. Like it's not a moral issue, but that is what we've put on it. I know. Like when you say I look at my stretch marks and I hate them,
0: why? For me, and I know that I can step outside of myself and observe where my personal issues lie in terms of coming later in life, it's because I have lived a life of consistency. Yeah,
1: and you want to be back to yourself.
0: Yes. Yeah. And in I inverted, inverted
1: commas, dear listeners. 100% dear listeners. <laughs> yourself,
0: because yourself has evolved. No, exactly. And I'm learning to come to terms with that. But I think because you have dealt with this tumultuous ride For much longer than me, Mm. it makes sense to me that you're now at a point where you're working at the deep psychology of it and you can unpack it in the way that you are so beautifully right now on the podcast, whereas I have been consistent the majority of my life yeah, and so only to it so only now since having rafa am i dealing with a very different shape and a different body and i'm i've surprised myself with how much i've wrapped up my own identity in who my what my body was without even realizing it because yeah. it was such a privilege that it oh. wasn't at the forefront of my mind for all those years and now suddenly it is and i've become strangely self-conscious to be in in a swimming costume on the beach again something that I've not well that's a classic
1: one right that's every every you know gyms will say summer bodies start in winter whatever that means (laughs) or they'll be get fit for summer like it's 12 weeks till summer let's get in shape for that bikini so the hype up around putting on a fucking cozy
0: is insane
1: I remember thinking At most important parts of my life, whether it was a big job, a big career move, a big like obviously weddings, a huge one, other people's weddings or events, just moments where it was going to be a big moment for me that had nothing to do with how I look because I've never had a life that was based around how I look. I've never needed to look a certain way for anything I've done in my life. However, you build up these moments as I need to look my It's true for that moment. I mean, how
0: many people go down the wedge shred path? Yeah, that's a classic one. Oh, but it's that's a big one. But that is how many people have photos of themselves from their wedding day in their home and they know Like, I look at my own wedding photos and I go, I will never look that, it's terrible. But I say, that good. And when I say that good, I'm not talking about the hair, the makeup, the dress, the location. I'm I'm talking about how skinny I was for my wedding. But that was anxiety induced. Yeah. In terms of the stress of planning and organizing a wedding. But I remember completely non-aesthetic related
1: moments in my life where I was like, I need to be skinny for that. Such as my first job at STC. I was like well I need to be thin for that because I need to be I need to look professional like I look after
0: myself. Are you serious? Yes. As a director? Because it's about your worth. Yeah. I wanted
1: to be worthy. I wanted to be in control of myself. I wanted to look like I had my shit together. I wanted to look like I was someone who just could do life and ingrained in that for me is well don't be overweight because wow. being overweight looks like you're out of control.
0: Yeah, like you haven't got your shit together. You, you don't have any self-control with what you put in your mouth. The whole show The Biggest
1: Loser is for thin, privileged people to look at those people and go, Oh my
0: God, look what they eat. How could they let themselves get like that? I am so glad that that show is off our airwaves. It's so toxic. It is so those toxic. Those people are just as valuable human beings with just as much
1: to give, who deserve love as much as anyone else. And we put them on TV and we're like, "Ew!" Mm. And like, that's their, the value of them. Like that's what they have to offer. And I have internalized that absolutely from a very young age that my worth, my lovability, my value, what I have to offer the world is directly linked to my size. Oh, And that's why I find the, that... the yo-yoing so upsetting is because I have, you've seen me in the last 10 years dropped weight dramatically. Oh my God. So
0: revs is a classic Ugh. and I feel like I can say this on yeah. your behalf, but cast her in the role of a bridesmaid Ugh. and she will drop, watch me, watch yeah. me go your and wedding. And oh my God. And she does it in the most extreme way because I know no other way. I, I have to
1: be a hundred percent in control of it or I'm out of control. I don't know
0: what moderation is, but what's driving you? Cause this is interesting. Cause to being drop weight. No, no, no. But, <laughs> What's driving you as a bridesmaid, for example, because being a bride yeah. is one thing. It's uh-huh. all about you. It's on you. There's a million photos of you. But being a bridesmaid, because you've been a bridesmaid a few times yep. and I've literally watched you wed shred mm-hmm. for mm-hmm. someone else's wedding yeah. in the most extreme way. Like what, what, what's that drive? Is it because you're going to be in their photos? No, it's just or? as a,
1: someone who's stuck in the diet loop. It's just a. it's like in an, any other addiction. It's a trigger. You're like, mm-hmm. oh, I have an event coming up. Right, that's it. I know what to do. There's a comfort in going, cool, we'll jump back on that cycle.
0: Mm. And
1: so it's 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 deeply emotional. And it's not like, oh, I want to look nice in that dress or I have to fit into a. There's so many levels. So this is some people who are like, they get given a size 10 dress and they might be a 10 and a half or an 11 and go, oh, I need to like for a week, just watch myself to fit into the 10 or whatever. Again, problematic, but you know, not to the same level of me who... I've, I vacillate in, in like a 20 to 25 kilo range. Yeah. Yeah. So I have, in, have at some stages in my cupboard had size sixes and size 16s.
0: See, it's interesting that you talk about that 20 to 25 kilo range because the first time I became acquainted with that range was during pregnancy mm-hmm. and- It's funny because so many people were saying to me like, oh, but the baby. And I was like, but the baby weighs three and a half kilos. I've gained 26 kilos. But that was with Iggy. Again, I'm sorry that I'm talking in hard numbers. I know the scale or what I know the number and the scale shouldn't matter. But I was so horrified. And talk (laughs) me through that. Why were you horrified? Because I lost my mobility. It was the first time in my life where I couldn't walk properly. My knees were buckling under the weight. Um, was it weight that did that to you, or was it the relaxin
1: that goes through your body that prepares you for birth? Yeah, some I people think, have so an overproduction of relaxant. I was makes, one of those people, and that's why people get clumsy and like sloppy at the end of pregnancy because totally. the relaxin's coursing through your body because that's what opens everything up, so you can birth a human being for me
0: it was called pubic symphysis dysfunction, and that is an overproduction of relaxin in your pelvic girdle there you go and so your pelvis becomes like jelly but then still has to prop up all the ligaments still have to prop up and hold this baby yeah. in its amniotic and the rest fluids. of your body that you deserve yeah. to and have I, and inhabit <laughs> in the last trimester of both my pregnancies i couldn't walk without any pain yeah or a huge amount of discomfort and you see some people on crutches yeah 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 chuck in a bit of sciatica and Mm. you're there and I it was the first time that I lost my freedom of movement Mm. and it sent me into a really dark place I remember I will say to lighten the tone a bit that the moment I gave birth to both babies I felt this huge sense of lightness and relief to a point where I came home from the hospital and I was like, oh, my God, I'm a freaking supermodel. And I would put my clothes on and I'm like, oh, I'm not a supermodel. You know, Like (laughs) like I felt so light once the baby and all that amniotic fluid was gone. And it's so weird with pubic symphysis. The second your baby's out of you, that chronic pelvic girdle pain goes, goes like everyone told me it would go, but I didn't believe it until it happened. I remember getting out of my hospital bed after giving birth to Rafa and walking to the bathroom and sitting on a toilet was one of the most painful things for me towards the end of my pregnancy. And I sat on the toilet. I still had my belly. I was only like a day after giving birth, but no pain. Yeah. It's bizarre. Can I talk about postpartum bodies for a second? Because I'm quite passionate about this. There's a part of me that wants to be really delicate entering this topic, but I don't think there's any way to be delicate about it. My sister-in-law had a baby quite recently and the birth of her baby timed up perfectly with an influencer. Oh, right. She had a direct comparison. She had a direct comparison. They had their babies in the same week. And the problem with this instagram mum is she is a fitspo mum she is one of those mums that shares all her workouts online which is totally fine like meal plans meal plans all that kind of stuff and there is place for that i want to say this very carefully because i'm not shitting on that i'm very Mm. mindful not to shit on that i'll shit on it (laughs) (laughs) but what was happening with this particular instagram mum was she was literally posting hashtag six weeks postpartum Mm. I'm not even exaggerating there was one that was hashtag six days postpartum and again it was a body shot it was a selfie in the mirror to show her belly and I know that looking fit she looked insanely amazing she looked unattainable and I didn't it was weird because at her six week postpartum she honestly looked like she'd just eaten a burrito and I think from her perspective she was like look at my bulging belly but I think from 99 Yes, but I think that 99.9% of people who would follow her would be like, Oh my God, I am two, three, four years postpartum and I don't look like that. And you're six days postpartum. Now, I don't have a problem with influencers casually sharing their body postpartum in this empowering way. What I have a problem is, is when they directly put the numerical figure of where they're up to, because people can do a direct comparison. Mm. E.g., my sister-in-law sent me a text and she was like, Oh my God, look at her, six weeks postpartum, gem, I look nothing like and I and then I went into this big speech about Okay, you need to unfollow because this yeah, is triggering you. Unfollow. And you're you are so beautiful. And I I found myself giving this huge speech to her about how beautiful she was because I think she looks incredible. And seeing her blossom into becoming a mum is the most beautiful thing I've ever witnessed. But then I have my own issues. But like I feel like you would like a never frog. love
1: her any less, would you? No. And her value would never decrease. To you? Oh my she, god, my If she was and- a different size, would no. it? No. No, but I bet that's what's happening in her head. She feels less worthy if she's not looking how she used to look or as good as that person on Instagram. That's the problem. That's the real problem here. It's not that one mum can bounce back or make it their life's work to but be fit. You,
0: but don't you think it's irresponsible that that mum on Instagram is sharing that when, it, yeah. when she doesn't have to? Like, I think post your life yeah and we can draw the conclusion ourselves that you look great postpartum yeah rather than a very blatant body shot yeah. about pregnancy yeah. with the hashtag six weeks postpartum and literally she looks like what most people in this world would kill to look like yeah the metrics it's too on the nose for me yeah. it's too it's You can have your baby around the same time as someone, but to quantify it to the exact week, I feel like is just not healthy for anyone. No. And no one should follow that if that's going to upset them. I mean, I'm so big on this anyway for myself is if I feel triggered, I just unfollow. And I really do practice what I preach in that sense. And I also do a lot of work on... Gemma why are you feeling these feels yes it's not about them what is it in yourself that is making you sure, feel uncomfortable? which is
1: important yeah. it, it
0: is and I find that that helps because so often people project onto other people so Absolutely. it's easier to throw stones yes. and go like that person and and I feel like... I can tell you why she posted that photo why because that's her value
1: that is what she has told herself or what she has absorbed as her value my value is I control my body and I am fit and look at me look what I've done this is it's an achievement I know her. but what
0: I struggle with is that all this body positivity is now masked with empowerment you yeah know? it's muddy it's so muddy <laughs> yeah I mean I feel like I've started and ended so many conversations I today know, without a point
1: because there isn't a Quick, easy solution. It's not a neat it's, conversation. There's nothing
0: clean about and it, and
1: it does go into different things. I guess that's what they call intersectional, and that's what we all need to get better at. Like where feminism intersects with race stuff, where body image intersects with nutrition. All these things, things they're not mutually exclusive.
0: Okay, and I'm sorry to bring it back to Instagram because it feels no. quite base to bring it back to that. But let's be honest. Well, that's what we we're consuming all, every day. We are consuming it. The a- new magazine. It is. So how do we have a healthier, how do we protect ourselves? Oh my God, you should jump in my feed. I don't see any of that stuff. Mm. I, I'm
1: like you, I curate. Anything like that is gone. I do not follow those kind of things. And, it, and the algorithm has learned now not to put that on my plate.
0: That's so good. Well,
1: I, and I follow hard the other way. Like I follow a lot of people who are, who at first was too much for me. You know, you were like, oh, I'm not there yet with the stretch marks. So I follow accounts that go so hard into body positivity and realness, like realness about women's bodies that sometimes I'm like, oh, that's too real for me. But, <laughs> but I force that into my diet, my Continuing. my content diet, yeah. because well, the first time I saw armpit hair in a lingerie ad, I was like, ew, gross, because that's what I've been conditioned conditioned to, to think that's yeah. the culture I grew up in that you should remove all body hair and be like a dolphin um so when I first saw uh, underarm hair in a lingerie out I was like that's disgusting second time I saw it I was like that's beautiful third time that's sexy you know like the more yeah. you see it and then fourth time you don't almost
0: don't even feel anything because it's normal it's just normal yeah.
1: The more you see these things, the more it normalizes things. And that's where people are posting their stretch marks and their cellulite and stuff when <laughs> done the right way. I don't want to police anything again because again, it's muddy, but when done right and when you can put that healthy version of that in your content diet, you actually do start to feel better about your own form mm. because you go, oh, that is what nipples can look like. That is what a tummy can look like. My niece came up to me on boxing day and said, why do you have such a big fat tummy? Three years ago, I would have cried in the bathroom.
0: And I was actually like, out of the mouth of babes. Yeah, And and I was like,
1: oh, I guess that stings a little bit. But my first thought was, huh, my daughter would never ask me that. Mm. My daughter just thinks that's a tummy. Mm. And I was really proud of that.
0: Yeah, that's so really I'm definitely cool. not
1: there. I'm not running along a beach naked with armpit hair, waving in the sunshine, like I'm free. But I'm sure there will be many backward steps and things. But I just, it is such a muddy conversation. And I think we need to be real in this. Like we have to be real and honest in this space. And which I think we're doing right now. Saying that I don't think that's beautiful yet is fine.
0: Because we're not, we're not there yet. No, I'm not there yet. Yeah. I'm, a, I'm definitely a work in progress. I did for Christmas ask for a new swimming costume because I had a little chat with myself where I was like, Gem, you live at the beach. You love the beach. You've been going nearly every day, but you literally strip my dress off, run into the water yeah. as quickly as I can, do my swim, bolt out and put my dress back on. And that's something that I've never done. And I hate that. Yeah. And I, and I hate the, my own awareness. And, yeah. It's a prison and it's my first, like, I'm, I'm sorry if there's people in here are like, oh my God, like, are you kidding? I've dealt with this my whole life, but I'm sitting opposite you and you (laughs) are hand up, exactly. (laughs) But yeah, it, it really sucks. And honestly, Revs, this conversation has awakened me to the fact that I've been really lucky and skinniness is a privilege. Mm -hmm. I do feel like I've seen some influencers online. I'm not going (laughs) to name any who are literally trying to push this skinny shaming movement and I understand that Oh fuck off. No, no there is I don't have time for that. <laughs> no, they are. They're being oh like skinny God. people have feelings too and being no. No. told that you're privileged no. and lucky to be skinny. No. Um is I, yes, skinny is people a- do
1: have feelings. I'll acknowledge that. <laughs> that's like when white men say, well if you discriminate against me, that's racist. Sorry, I'm really angry now. <laughs> <laughs> skinny shaming's not a
0: thing. It's not a thing. Dear listener, red looks like I'm Wolverine red. right now. Like, I see the claws extending out of her knuckles. <gasps> you are enraged. I'm enraged.
1: Skinny, skinny, <sighs> I can't even say it. Skinny shaming is not a thing. Skinniness will get you so far in life. Sometimes these things aren't fairly divided into, well, if you're going to say this, then say that. It's just, it, isn't, it doesn't work that way. Mm. Being skinny affords you privileges and opportunities and, and more mental space i often think like what could i have done in the time that i spent devoting to diets and yeah. and exercise regimes and being online researching the keto diet or the this diet, that imagine what i could have done with that time like Mm. as a smart creative person with lots of ideas if i had poured that energy (laughs) into literally anything
0: else i'm sorry i have to laugh because while you think about what's consumed your time all i can think is jem if you stopped playing bejeweled on your phone Or stopped playing Candy Crush. You could have learned three languages by now. We all have our shit. (laughs) No, no, no. The
1: difference is you can put your phone down and go to the beach and not be thinking about bejeweled right like you're not like (laughs) I'm still thinking about bejeweled I can't put down my body shame and go and do something else sorry Sorry. to bring the tone down down. (laughs)
0: and I'm sorry I'm sorry to trivialize a whole conversation (laughs) and distill it down to bejeweled and candy crush let's be real though you do have a problem with candy crush I do I'm obsessed I love crushing candy and the other day I love crushing candy (laughs) So, Revsy, wow, that was a big, big exhale. episode. Massive exhale. But let's quickly round up this episode by talking about our hashtag not sponsored.
1: I just realized mine's an ice cream. <laughs> I wrote it in my phone like, a couple of nights ago because I've, guys, I've discovered this amazing ice cream. But it just feels like <laughs> such a funny thing to put in this episode. You know what? I'm just like, shame, shame, shame. <laughs> like, all about body image and layers of let me armchair diagnose you, Gem, with some serious emotional issues. Guys, I've got an ice cream. <laughs> no, you know what? I love it. But it's really good. Okay, it's a, a box of these ice creams is $2.90 it's at coles it's a cookies and cream ice cream sandwich yum what's the good part of the maxi bond for you the
0: cookie just the yeah. not biscuit. the
1: weird not magnum half yeah <laughs> right yeah the cookie bit it's like that but long and there's five of them in a box 290 coles own brand it's not even a brand it's what's just it like called? it's called coles cookies and cream ice
0: cream sandwich <laughs> great buy it thank me later Okay, my hashtag not sponsored has to go to a small business, saying yes. as you're supporting the Coles Goliath. My hashtag not sponsored is a mum-owned small business. It's called Roma & Co, spelled R-O-M-M-E-R & Co. I have gone through a few types of crockery for mm-hmm. my kids, for kids' crockery, because I lo- I love kids' crockery, but it needs to look beautiful. Of course. But I went through a stage where I bought some beautiful bamboo crockery, but I have found that it... First it snaps of, It snaps yeah. Rafa or Iggy's Pushed it off their high chairs And then it was gone And not only that They're not microwave friendly Well the brands oh. that I have bought previously Are not microwave And I need microwave friendly goods So Co. is silicon based Oh nice the colours are beautiful. It tickles okay. my <laughs> earth tone. Sand. Um, <laughs> these these are the colour names. Yes. Yeah. Yes, they are the colour names. Not only are they fully dishwasher proof and friendly, they're also microwave friendly. And the bowls especially come with a lid. I do have a code, but I ah. I know, but I don't know if it's still active. Oh. I'm going to tell you anyway, the code is peanut10 or or is it peanut15? this is a fail try both guys try both all capitals peanut 10 or peanut 15 I'm hoping it's still active Rafa and Iggy have a set each and I'm definitely going to buy more to add to the collection would these
1: work for older kids or are these baby
0: things well Rafa's two and a half years old does that count as older plate the size of a side plate oh okay yeah yeah great yeah they are Beautiful For Rafa, I got the blush. And for Iggy, I got the nude. But I'm Mm. looking to get, I think it's called Sea Mist. (laughs) Sea Mist. But yeah, (laughs) (laughs) wood. Big fan of Romer & Co. (laughs) Love it. And cue the outro. (laughs) I think it's going to be super peppy today. (laughs) One of these days we'll have an outro to our podcast.
1: We keep (laughs) doing the Harmony. Someone's got to pick the melody.
0: What is the melody? I don't know, but let's write that jingle. We're going to do it right now. All right, all right, all right. We love you. Bye.